Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. So if you don't know me, my name is Atira. Hi, how are you doing? Glad to see you guys here this morning. <laughs> and welcome to all those on our online. Um, but back to what I was saying, familiarity breeds contempt. And I know, uh, how many, raise your hand if you were here last Sunday for uh, Pastor JR when he was a powerful message, right? So as you know, we're journeying through this book called The Gospel-Centered Life. And I'm doing the third installment and it's entitled Believing the Gospel. Okay, so I'm just going to recap for a moment, then I'm going to go into whatever, however the Lord leads me. All right. Is that okay? All right. So last week, Pastor John, Pastor JR talked about uh, pretending and performing. Right. So um, I'm doing my best to just it was it's hard. So this book, Gospel Centered Life, I recommend that you, you see how thin the book is. Right. It's really it's really a concentrated book. You know how a lot of times when you read books, there's like a like a, what I call like a power, a power sentence. And it usually like breaks up the paragraphs and it's like, it's the takeaway from the, the paragraph you just read, right? Every sentence in this book is like a power sentence. And, and it's really difficult to try to break down. I just want to kind of get set to make a synopsis or summarize what it is. So I just recommend that you read this book. But what I'm going to do is extrapolate, do my best to extrapolate some principles that I believe God wants to get in your heart this morning. And, 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 and specific to his body here at the Building Christian Fellowship, okay? So pretending and performing, pretending and performing. So just, you know, the whole fall of man in the garden. So we started with the Lord. We were created for God, by God, to, to live in the presence of God for his delight and his pleasure so we could enjoy God, right? You guys with me on that? Okay, so we made decisions. We messed that up. We're, it was created uh, the, the chasm, the vast chasm. So sin separated us from the Lord. And uh, I, I believe I quoted Max Lucado when he was talking about why, while the, the echo of the fruit in the garden was still echoing, Jesus was on his way to the cross. And if you look at the lineage, you see it's beautifully laid out, um, immaculately uh, and divinely laid out. You see the lineage and how, G, how God was telling his people of the plan of Jesus to come. So fast forward to the New Testament, Jesus comes, right? And in, in the midst of that, you have man in his fallen nature who is wanting to always provide his own righteousness, right? So here's where we come into believing the gospel. Now, the key text for this morning is Romans chapter three. If you have it, change, you know, turn your Bible there. I think they're putting it up on the screen. Romans chapter three. Let me see if I can find it here. You know what? This print is so small. <laughs> Romans chapter three. Let's start with verse 22. So giving you a, a just let me kind of bring you up to speed what's going on. So Paul is writing to the church in Rome. And what he's doing is he's settling he's settling what this book, The Gospel-Centered Life, refers to as passive righteousness, 
Okay? So passive righteousness, passive meaning uh, basically what, achieved by one person and given to another person who has nothing to do with it. Catch that. Passive righteousness. Achieved by righteousness in this case, in context of scripture, what we're talking about, passive righteousness means righteousness achieved by one person, Jesus, and imputed to or given to freely to someone who has nothing to do with it. Undeserving. Which is us. If you didn't catch, if you didn't catch that, it's us. Spoiler alert, okay? It's us, right? So uh, what it is is basically Paul is setting the record straight. And if you start from chapter 1 and, and you lead up to where we are, chapter 3, verse 22, he's basically said, because the whole big thing was Jews were still pushing, like, yeah, Jesus came, but you still got to get circumcised ouch (laughs) so you still got to get circumcised and they're talking about all these customs and traditions and stuff and then on the flip side they're talking about uh they want to justify living in sin in the sense of well doesn't it because earlier in the chapter three it talks about how paul addresses the arguments that they had in the sense of well isn't me living unrighteously doesn't it basically create a darker uh contrast so the light can shine even brighter the light of jesus can shine even brighter sounds dumb right Okay, and he's like, no, so he's putting, he's refuting all these and he's putting these to bed, right? So here we go. We're picking up chapter three, verse 22. He says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. I'm reading from the NLT, by the way, if you're, if you're a little confused. So verse 23, for everyone has sinned. We all have, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through, G- through Christ Jesus, where he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in, his pres- in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just. And he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Anybody see a running thing here? Okay. Can we boast? <laughs> Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No. Because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Amen. (laughs) Anybody catch the running theme there? Believe. Believing the gospel. But like I said, it's our fallen nature to want to compensate. And like last, last Sunday, Pastor JR talked about performing and pretending so if you could visualize form if you could visualize with me right now um like a country road right anybody ever been on a country road before okay so a country road and if you imagine the country road is your relationship it's your walk with the lord and it's it's your your pathway to god and it's it's the christian life if you think of, of the the country road as a christian life And what has paved this road is the grace and mercy of God, the righteousness of God. That's what makes it doable. Yeah? 
You guys tracking with me? Okay, so now on either side of this road are well-worn ditches that we are prone by our humanity to fall in. They're called performance, and it's called pretending. Yeah. Remember I was talking about familiarity breeds contempt? Okay, so performing and pretending is going to be a tendency for the believer or the Christ follower in this case for as long as we are here. There's always going to be that pool that just is just part of our fallen humanity that wants to perform, that wants to pretend, that wants to compensate our own righteousness, that wants to provide our own righteousness. So that being said, I'm going to talk about the importance of believing because we just read the scripture where it said it is only by faith, by believing the completed work of the cross and what Jesus did, passive righteousness. Are you guys tracking with me? Am I going too fast? No, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. So I wanted to talk about the importance of believing this morning. And I just had three points because it's, it, like I said, it's a lot of information. And I wanted to share the three points. And the first point is, Belief determines perspective. Belief determines perspective, how we see things, how we see people, how we see ourselves. And more importantly, for the, for the Christ follower, how we see God. And um, I'm going to just, just kind of, I know I'm kind of out of order, but what it is is that the, the gist of what I want you to get is what keeps us from performing and pretending what keeps that at bay is sonship. Is sonship. Is being sons and daughters. If you look, turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And I'm going to read verses uh, 10 through 14. You got it up there? Okay, John chapter 1, verses 10 through 14 says, He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So we see here that, that in the beginning, which is the second beginning, the new Adam came, and which is God in flesh, which is Jesus Christ. He came and made his home amongst us and gave us the right to become sons of God. This removes all performing. This removes all pretending. And, and the crazy thing about it is, not, is even if we did perform and pretend, we could never, ever close the gap. We could never close the gap of sin. You know, the old saints used to say, he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I, he, I could not pay. And it, it, it really simplifies a very heavy truth, right? So we're talking about sonship. Believing the gospel and how the way out of performing and pretending is being a son and a daughter of God. We're talking about the importance of belief. Second thing is belief determines language, how we speak. 
how we speak. Belief determines how we speak. Mm. <laughs> Belief determines how we speak, Siri, okay? <laughs> Belief determines how we speak. I think it's an, another portion of uh, Romans, but the Bible talks about, I believe, therefore I speak. I believe, therefore I speak. What you believe is important. If you look at belief as um, being a house, right? It's what the materials that your house is made of. And inside this house, this, this house of belief, it shelters your values, shelters everything that you value and hold dear. And if your belief, if your house is made up of the wrong material, that house is going to come crashing down and every, your whole world is gone. This is the importance of believing the gospel. This is the importance of believing the truth of God's word. Now, it, because it be, keeps you from pretending and it keeps you from performing. You know what pretending and performing speaks to? Identity. Identity. And I know sometimes for, for people it's a hard concept to, to uh, wrap your mind around because you're relationship with your parents or your father or particularly the father either he wasn't there or it was it was one of performance I mean you think about it we're we're conditioned from from the moment we're born like literally uh, what percentile is your baby what is he percentile for his height or, or for his weight you know and not only that but you're you're not only are you judging graded you're graded against your your peers and and so you're used to performing if you don't perform you don't make the cut you don't make the cut then you're shamed and you're left behind and, and, and you hear these labels come of you're stupid or you're less than. And these are the beliefs that have built a lot of our houses. These are the beliefs that have built a lot of our houses. You know what another one is? Is you're not worth nothing. You're not worth nothing. Your father wasn't around. So what makes you think God wants anything to do with you? Like, Really? Belief. Belief. I believe, therefore I speak. A lot of times you'll find out what somebody believes, you let them talk long enough. Let them talk long enough and they'll, it'll come out. It'll come out in what they say. You cannot hide what you believe. You cannot hide what you believe because it comes out of you. It just, it just you can't help it. Even if you try to just, it just comes out of you. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's not just something that you put on. This is something that's in the very fabric of your soul is coming out of your mouth. And you, you're saying these things. And, and what it is, is that your house is built of the wrong material. Your belief system is wrong. What you're believing is wrong. What you're believing is that, that the, you know, it, it talks about, the, it meaning the book talks about shrinking the cross, which is where we get performing and pretending, meaning that the sacrifice of Jesus wasn't enough. It needs my help. It needs my works. Or my sin that I'm in right now, it's not that bad. So it's, it's, it's you know what I mean? We'll just, we'll just shove that under the rug. But the thing is, this is that in order, we have to stay in sonship. We have to steer the car of vehicle of sonship so that we keep from ditching into performing and into pretending on that road paved with grace on the road paved with passive righteousness. We have to keep hold on to the steering wheel of our identity and sonship so that we don't crash on either side of the road. Are you guys catching this? 
And I believe this is the heart of the father. Is anybody here a parent? Hey, raise your hand if you're a parent. How would you feel if it was like you felt like your, your kid, you could perceive it, you can tell if your kid came to you and it felt like they had to do something in order to make you happy, come bearing gifts in order for just to, to talk to you or to, to be called or to have your last name or to be identified with you or I had to do this or I have to do this or I can't come unless I've done this. Doesn't that break your heart as a parent? Especially when you've worked to provide for them, to put a roof over their head, to clothe them. What do you mean you have to work for me? I, I take care of you. Is my love not enough? Is my love not enough? I'm here for you. You, I, you. I've made myself available. And I can't believe it. This is us by nature and we are evil by nature. How much more does it break the father heart of God that we feel this way? We feel that we need to supplement what he's done with performing and pretending. How much more? It's like, you know, we sing that song. I just want you. I just want you. It's like I say, no, I want you. I just want you. I don't want uh, the, 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 the ideas that you have of me. I don't want, um, I just want, I want you. I want you here with me. I want you to believe me. I want you to believe what I'm telling you. I want you to believe what I've done for you. The importance of believing Belief determines perspective, how we see things, people, and situations. Belief determines our language. And belief determines lifestyle, how we live, how we live. Mm. Belief determines how we live. You know, we just had a Juneteenth pass last month, and... um, it just bear with me here but the thing is this is that those for you those of you that don't know what Juneteenth is is basically in really simple form and I'm not doing it justice is that slavery when it was legal it was abolished but certain slaves in the southern states didn't know until two years later until two years later they didn't know they were free and a lot of times in our life Because we hold contempt for basic truth. We live in the ignorance that we're free. We live ignorant that we're free. We had a a discussion on Friday. Last Friday, this past Friday was Forward First Friday. And we had a discussion about repentance. Specifically pertaining to coming to the altar, right? And it was funny because we were talking about a lot of us have grown up in church and uh, me personally, my, my experience with repentance, it was like that. It was only something that you heard of when you first got saved. Right. Like it was like, yeah, you repent because you're a, you're a sinner and, and you come to the altar and, and repentance some, at one point in time from my limited understanding was just, it was crying and feeling sorry. When true repentance is a change of mind, it's a change of mind that is, uh, with the evidence of the, of action, and changing the direction. So it's literally to be going one way. Oh, my mind has changed. So I believe something different and I turn and go the other way. So we were talking about repentance and my misunderstanding of repentance at one point in time was that um, the altar, it, it, it looked some type of way if you came to the altar, if you were constantly coming to the altar all the time, it looked a certain way. Like, it was like, oh man, it was like the thought was, oh, well, what's she going through? Or like, she must be really sinning. You know, like she must be really out there just wilding, you know, 
And it was a deterrent for me. It was a deterrent from coming to the altar to, because it was like I didn't want people to think that, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then went to a church where, you know what, it wasn't unusual if you kept coming to the altar for consecutive Sundays. It's a, maybe a, a cherry one church mother tap you on the shoulder after service like, hey, sweetie, you doing okay? Hey, you know, and it's like, yeah, I don't even want to deal with that. So, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pretend that I'm okay. So I'll pretend that I'm okay. Identity, lack of identity, sonship, it, sonship brings freedom. And that's the only way that you're, you're going to be truly free. I know we're celebrating the 4th of July weekend this, this weekend, and it's tomorrow, and everybody's, you know, fireworks and barbecues, but a lot of, do, a lot of people celebrate freedom with real shackles on. Real-life shackles on. They may not be seen, but believe me, they're in bondage. And if you get these people alone, it's evident. Sonship. So at the end of this chapter, this chapter of believing the gospel, it talks about, it gives a self-assessment. Self it says the orphan versus the son. Orphan versus sonship. And can I just be honest? As I'm going through this, as I went through this, uh, this list, I'm like, hmm, I got a lot of orphan in me still, man. Got a lot of orphan in me still. And uh, just being real transparent with you, you know, I just want to say this disclaimer, just because we're up here, anybody that mounts this, this, this altar, this platform, and brings a message to you on behalf of the Lord, this message is for just as much for me as it is for everybody else in this room. And just because we're up here under these lights doesn't mean we have it more together. Please don't get it twisted. Okay? So my thing is orphan's heart, the orphan's heart. And I'm, I'm reading down the list. <laughs> I'm reading down the list, and it, it talks about being irritable. It talks about, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff. It, it, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I'm just like, man, I'm finding way too many of these characteristics showing up. I'm, I'm checking way too many of these boxes on the orphan side, y'all. You know what I'm saying? So the immediate, immediately the enemy comes in. It's like, yeah, yeah, you better not let anybody know that. You better pretend like you're okay. Pretend like you're okay. Because, you know, because I mean, as long as you, long as you come here and you sing the songs good and, you know, said everybody, you know, everybody, everybody's, nobody's any the wiser. Pretend, perform. Don't be a son. Don't come into your sonship. Don't walk in that peace. Don't walk in that freedom. You know what I'm saying? That was, you know, do you think that, that the, the, the slave owners were happy? About the Emancipation Proclamation? No. Which is why they didn't know for a whole two years. Because they wanted to get everything else that they could out of them before they knew that they were free. And that's what the enemy's wanting us. He's wanting us to forfeit our son. He can't take it away, but he wants us to forfeit our sonship. Why? So we can be orphans for the rest of our lives. So we can live like we're orphans. We're not even orphans. We're sons and daughters. As soon as we've been accepted, that was it. That's it. There's nothing else that more that you need to do. But there's a love response when we believe the gospel and it's followed up by actions, by faith. Does this make sense? Does this make sense to you guys? So performing and pretending as opposed to being a son. Performing and pretending. 
striving. Not coming up short, not coming, not and not making the cut. Because that's at the end of it. You know what I'm saying? You may be able to compare yourself to other. I'm not doing as bad as they are. Or, you know, I'm, 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 you know, whatever it is. But at the end of it, you know, there's a deep knowing just as, just like there is a fallen nature about you. You know that you will never do enough. There's not enough works to be done. There's not enough pretending that you can do to make yourself right with your own peace and your own righteousness. But it's only by receiving, by believing the gospel that what Jesus did was for once and for all time, for all time, that we can't, our minds can't even calculate that. How is this, how does this cover everything? I don't know, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Pretending and performing. Um, I'm very, well, a lot of it, oh, geez. (laughs) So, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. Didn't have a lot of friends growing up. And um, I sought to do do things well. What I mean by that is um, I felt like I had to make up for people not liking me by being able to do things well. So performing and pretending, pretending I was okay. And performing these things well. If I could, if I could, if I could, if I could play the drums, if I could do this, if I could do that, if I could sing real good, if I could dance, I could, I could, you know, try to get off, I could get people's attention off of my brokenness. I could pretend I'm okay. And you know what that is? In its simplest form, it's torment. It's torment. Perfect love, things first John talks about perfect love casts out fear because fear entails torment. There is no love, there is no fear in love because fear entails torment. That is torment. That's what performing and pretending. I mean, it seems like it's okay, and you can and it seems and it feels okay for a certain period of time, but at the end of the day, that performing and pretending has it leaves you wanting. It leaves you still broken. My brokenness is still the same. I may fool the people around me, but I know what I'm doing is not enough. In the sight of God. So the answer to believing or the, 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 the big takeaways that I want you to take away from this morning is repentance. Repentance and faith is the consistent pattern of the Christian life. And that is that was a that was a, a, a realization or a light bulb moment for me because growing up in church. I, you know, I thought repentance was associated with, oh, you're, you're living an evil life and you're doing deliberate things, deliberately doing things wrong. But repentance, like I said, is a change of mind and a change of mind. Repentance is brought about by conviction, which is the Holy Spirit. And he's constantly talking to us because my house of belief was built out of the wrong things. There, he's constantly talking to me and convicting me in a, in, a, in a definition of conviction is to cause to see. So he's causing me to see like, hey, you see this beam here? It's, it's, it's not going to hold for this load-bearing wall. When life comes, it's, it's not going to hold. So what you need to replace it with is the truth. And here's something that I have, uh, God has just been, just been um, revealing to me is about truth which is the gospel, the truth of his word, the truth of who God is. Truth at times, when we think of belief as a structure, when we think of it as our house, sometimes truth comes as a wrecking ball, right? Sometimes truth comes and it just knocks everything down. And you're like, you know, and depending, you know, 
depending on what it is, you're you're excited and you're cool. You, it's great. It doesn't take nothing to just throw a big ball at something and have it come tumbling down. But the harder part is sometimes truth is like a pickaxe. Truth is like a pickaxe. And what it is is that, you know, when you're used to the wrecking ball truth coming and doing the job for you, a lot of times it gets a point in maturity and you grow in your relationship with the Lord where it's like, you know, he's convicted you of something. And it's like, okay, I repent of that. I'm changing my mind about that. I'm changing my belief about that. And he hands you a pickaxe, a truth. I'm like, okay, well, where's the wrecking ball? He's like, no, 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 no. These are the things that I want you to come up close with. You got to get one-on-one with these lies. In the confidence of sonship, you address these lies with the pickaxe of truth. And you take them down and dismantle them one by one. The pickaxe. It's easy for the wrecking ball. You know what I'm saying? Because all I got to do is grab a broom, sweep it up. Okay, all done. Yay, Jesus, right? But it's the pickaxe that I was afraid of. It was the pickaxe of truth. And I feel like when I saw myself more on that orphan side than I did on the sonship side, it was like, oh, man, here comes the pickaxe. Like, I didn't, there's things that it was like, you know, literally there are things that God is wanting to deliver me from personally that I, that my belief, the, the lie, the, the structure of lies that have sheltered that, that, uh, that, that wrong belief is you're going to lose your mind if you, if you address this. Or people, people are going to know, people are going to know, people are going to know, like people are going to know. What? But it's like people are going to know that you're a son and daughter because that you you brought the pickaxe of truth that the Lord put in your hand to dismantle the these wrong beliefs, this house of belief that was going to come crashing down anyway, one by one. So why you can refortify it with the truth, believing the gospel, believing that Jesus, what Jesus did was enough, believing that you don't you don't have to fall into the ditch of performing and pretending but because you're a son, because you're a daughter, that God has made access for you to have complete and total access. Everything that Jesus has right to, I have right to because I'm also a son. I'm also a daughter. So there's no need for me to perform or pretend because it doesn't do anything anyway. You understand what I'm saying? So truth Truth is a pickaxe, and I believe God's wanting us to pick up the pickaxe of truth and address the the wrong beliefs that we have so that our house can stand. We sung the song this morning about building our life on the love of Jesus, on the love of God, and and it's important. Why Why is it so important? Because, you know, the foundation is everything. The foundation of a house is everything. The Bible talks about building the house on sand and then building your house on the rock. The rock is the love of God, which is the motivation of which he made a way for us to have access to him, for us to have perfect fellowship with him like we did in the garden, uninterrupted, unbreached, no chasm. Jesus made a way once and for all time for us to have that. But we get in our own way by feeling like we need to perform and pretend. So the pickaxe of truth needs to come so, we, so that we can dismantle these wrong beliefs in our lives that, that, have, that have housed our values, that, that have, you know what I'm saying? It's time to renovate. It's, it's, it's home improvement. It's home improvement. Home improvement with the truth, believing the gospel. And this message is relevant whether you've been saved one day or when you, whether you've been saved one decade or 10 decades. 
The pool is always there to perform and to pretend. And I want you to, I want you to, to, to take away this morning that repentance is not just for the sinner. It's for the believer also. It's a beautiful gift. I, I know I used to kind of look at repentance as like, oh man, that's like, it's kind of like the scarlet letter kind of, so to speak, <laughs> of the kingdom. It's like, no, but repentance is the, is, is the way of life of the believer. And, and the thing is, this is that the sad thing about it is, is when we come into the kingdom, a lot of us have been taught to pretend and taught to perform because they don't have a, a, a real understanding of what repentance is. It's a gift. It's a gift. Here's what I want you to take away, okay? Repentance and faith is the consistent pattern of the Christian life. Repentance. So it's conviction, repentance, faith. Conviction, repentance, faith. Conviction, repentance, and faith. Second one is believing the gospel is key to becoming sons and daughters. We read it in John chapter 1. Believing the gospel is key to becoming sons and daughters that he came and desired. He, he came and decided to make his home amongst flesh with amongst us. He came. He wanted us. He wanted us. We love him because he first loved us. Sonship. And the last thing is, is I'm coming to a close. Sonship is the means by which we walk in true freedom. Sonship is the means by which we walk in true freedom. You know, as I was reading, I was preparing for today. I was just thinking about how foolish it would look if, you know, to adorn shackles and chains and wear them as jewelry and flaunt them around. And a lot of people... A lot of people, a lot of Christ followers who lack sonship, who lack the, uh, the, the awareness of being sons and daughters, they look foolish like that. We look foolish like that when we start to pretend and to perform. It's like flaunting our shackles around. And, and it's like, or don't you like my shackle? I made it myself. Or, you know, like, like even if it's gold plated and, and, and you, can, you, can, you can dress it up and be dazzled as much as you want, it's still a shackle. It is still bondage. And the crazy thing about it is, is you don't even know you're free. This person doesn't know they're free. They think they're free, but they're still bonded. They're, they're still in bondage to pretending and to performing, which is going to yield nothing anyway. It's all for naught. It's all for naught. And the thing is, this is that they don't know who they are. They don't know the gifts that they've been given. They don't know that they're a son and a daughter. And I believe that the Lord is wanting us to come to back to believing the back to the basics of believing the gospel. Why? Because I think we've gotten way too familiar with the basics. And we've gotten away from preaching the gospel to ourselves. Did you know that? In recent years, I realized the importance. I know it's kind of like, duh. But it's important that we preach the gospel to ourselves. Why? Because of that road that we're on. We have a tendency, it's just in our nature, we like to coast. And if you take your hands off a steering wheel, if you take your hands off the steering wheel of sonship, you're bound to wind up in the ditch of performing and pretending. Because the car doesn't steer itself, right? It's going somewhere. But the Lord has paved it with grace and mercy and his passive righteousness that if we hold on to the steering wheel of sonship, we'll be fine. 
we'll be fine. Sometimes we hit bumps in the road. Sometimes we catch a flat. It's okay. It's all right. Because our Father has made provision. He's calculated everything into the cross. And we don't need to hide. We don't need to run and hide. We don't need to pretend. We don't need to perform. We don't need to try to make up and supplement what he's already done that is more than enough. El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough. His grace is sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for me. So I'll leave you with this question is, what have you believed instead of the gospel? What have you believed instead of the gospel? What have you believed instead of... uh, the truth of sonship, being a son and being a daughter. When you mess up, what is your first? What's the first thing that you do? You pretend like, oh, it didn't happen. Or is this, this isn't bondage. I can quit anytime. Or do you feel like, okay, yeah, I know I asked for forgiveness, but I still got to do this. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to do this to make up for that. And I got to, I got to, you know, there's the anxious is anxiety. And, and that's not what God give you. That's, that's not a gift from God. Anxiety is not, God didn't put that on you. Anxiety is not what God put on you. You know what? I was having a conversation with my sister a few weeks ago and we were talking about how we felt like the enemy was like, just, just just roaring and she reminded me of that scripture the enemy goes about like a roaring lion you know what he's roaring perform pretend do it now be quick do something do something when there's nothing that we could do there's nothing that we can do and in and in the ignorance of not knowing and not realizing and walking in our sonship we feel defeated we feel defeated and we we end up trying to hide like sound familiar does it sound like the garden all over again we messed up we hide we try to find the fig leaves of our own righteousness to cover up what god already provided and made provision for sons and daughters what have you believed in place of the gospel that's got you questioning your identity as a son that has you walking in anything else. That's who has you walking in performance, walking in pretending. What, have you, what, what, what are you believing instead of the gospel? Sons and daughters have certain rights that a slave or a servant doesn't have. Slaves and servants can't come, can't bust into their father's room and and just talk to them and, and, and have a conversation and have an audience before him. But that's exactly what God is wanting us to do because why we're sons and daughters. Believe the gospel. Believe the truth. Believe the truth of what God has done. It's more than enough. And that you're enough. You, He's made you enough. His passive righteousness has made you enough so that when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. He sees the perfect righteousness of God. That's been imputed to you, not your sin, not your mistakes, not your, your fallops or your, your, your failing. He sees his righteousness. You can just stand to your feet this morning. Did this help anybody this morning? I hope it did. <laughs> will build my life upon your love I will build my life upon your love I will build my life upon your love it's hard to build your life on something that you don't know 
right? It's difficult to, I mean, come on. If you're in this room and you don't know, you don't know the Lord, here's your opportunity. And it, this is the gospel. John chapter three says, for God so, ha- God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever, whosoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The 17 says, because God didn't come into the world to condemn it, but to save it. And I'm paraphrasing. But that is the gospel. That is the gospel. He gave us rights to become sons and daughters to whom? To all who believe. Do you want to believe this morning? If you're here and you don't know the Lord and you'd like to know him, just go ahead and raise your hand. Raise your hand. Looks like familiar faces this morning. So we're all, we're all Christ followers. We all believe God. So I would like to pray for all of us. I'd like to pray for all of us for the pool of pretending and performing that we would step into our identity as sons and daughters, that we would no longer be orphans, that we would no longer be orphans, that we're coming out of, or coming out of the orphanage and into the house of the father, to the father's house. We are coming out of the orphanage and coming into the father's house where performance and pretendance are, are, are not necessary. Pretending is not necessary. Performance is not needed. You are enough because you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this word that that, uh, you gave to us this morning, Lord God, a word that you speak identity over us, Lord God, that you speak to us your love over you. Declare your love over us, God. And I thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. I thank you, God, for the work that you're continuing. You've promised to continue until you come back, Lord, that it's a perfect work, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, that we would yield to the work that you're doing in our lives, God, as as you hand us the pickaxe of truth and you guide us as the foreman of our lives and what to tear down, Lord God, and how to build it up with your truth. Father, I thank you that we would say, do your work, Lord. Do your work in our lives, Lord God, and help us to cooperate and partner with you in what it is that you're wanting us to do. That we take on the identity of sons and daughters, God. No longer orphans, God. No longer slaves to fear that we be rejected, that we won't be accepted, Lord God. But we are fully known and fully loved and fully received into your arms, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the freedom, the true freedom that sonship brings, God. And I thank you that as we, as each, with each passing day, Lord, we would know that freedom more intimately as we learn who we are in you and who you've created and called us to be, Lord. I speak blessing and I speak purpose and I speak identity of sonship over every person under the sound of my voice, whether they're in proximity or they're watching online. I speak identity right now. You are not an orphan. You are not rejected. You are not alone. You are loved. You are known. You are fully accepted by the Father himself. So Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the way that you've made because you made it all possible. We thank you for your body and your blood. We don't take it for granted, God, but we celebrate the new covenant that we have with you, that you'd never leave us nor forsake us, God, and that you're walking through us. You're walking with us through this life, Lord God, and that we have victory in it. We don't have to wait to the next life to have victory, Lord, but you've given us victory through sonship, God, and true freedom through sonship, being a son and a daughter, God. I thank you that you've done all that there was need to be done. And we rest on the completed work of the cross this morning, Lord. And Father, I just thank you that as we go from this place, Lord, you go with us. 
I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you would let this word sink deep into the fabric. Let it stain our hearts, Father God, and let nothing be able to tear it out, Lord God. Nothing be able to remove it, Lord. But we are marked, fixed, set forever, Lord God. Let our hearts be forever settled on your love and how you feel about us, Lord God. That we move forward with power with passion and purpose, Lord God, and most of all, identity as sons and daughters, God. We thank you for these things. In the mighty, magnificent, and matchless name of Jesus Christ, we prayed and said, amen and amen. Come on and give God some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.